And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Alan Greenfield has been interested in the occult, UFOs, strange animal sightings, paranormal experiences, phenomena like the shadow people and the real men in black for most of his life. He's been an active investigator since the early 1960s, has traveled the world in search of the truth. He wrote with Olaf Phillips the book Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed. Alan, welcome back to the program. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I've been on with you uh, five previous times, so yep. I-, I hope I have something new to say, but I certainly have a new book out. And, you sure uh, do. Yeah. Um, can I give you a little background on how I came to get involved with this particular book? Well, I was going to ask you this question. Give us a little background on how you got involved in this particular book. Well, you know, I used to work for the Psychic Friends Network, so maybe I just read your mind. Um, um, I wrote Secret Cipher, the Euphonauts, uh, a long time ago, and I, it was always intended to be a trilogy. Well, the second book, uh, let's just say one of the uh, darker magical organizations caused me uh, – a lot of trouble. So the second volume was 10 years later. And uh, both have done very well. When they're out of print, they they fetch fantastic prices, which is not something that comes to me because I don't get, you know, used books don't don't have uh, royalties, but uh, at least not for me. But uh, I was going to do the, the third book of the trilogy, on the secret chiefs of the Third Order, which essentially are the, uh, what they call in the East, the Bodhisattvas, or the good angels, uh, beings who started out as human beings and who have ascended to an exalted level so that they're not uh, in any sense uh, corporeal anymore like thee and me, um, but, uh, but who try to aid humanity to uh, attain, to uh, ascend to a higher level. There is another group, however, unfortunately. Uh, there's always yin and there's always yang, right? And That's right. I was listening to your last hour, boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nostradamus certainly uh, foresaw a lot of the darkness that's going on now. And the reason I didn't write the book about the secret chiefs but rather uh, um, in consultation with uh, my publisher, Olaf, who may be on later this evening, uh, morning, whatever it is at the moment where you are, um, I realized that we, we live in foreboding, dark times. And I wanted to – I really believe that knowledge is power – And I wanted to speak to the darker side of the occult, and that's why I – the book certainly references the secret chiefs, but the adepts, high-level adepts who have chosen, for lack of a better term, the dark side of the force – pardon me, George Lucas – need to be exposed because – they were talked about in theosophical circles and in uh, Crowleyan circles a lot up until around 1920, and then it stopped being a, a subject that was discussed in occult circles. I will leave to the imagination as to why it stopped being, 
All I know is I brought up the subject and uh, uh, was told, well, hi, initiates, don't discuss this. Hmm. So that, for me, was, you know, fodder. I, I thought, uh, well, I better specialize in this. So I've accumulated a lot of information, and my publisher has accumulated a great deal as well, and we synthesized it. What I was concerned about, though, oddly enough, was not my own fate. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, not over the hill, but I'm on the hill. <laughs> and I can, I can see where it's down, so I'm, I don't really worry about that because if uh, they wanted to get me, they would have gotten me long ago. But when my first book, and it was, as it happens, my first book with a real publisher, uh, uh, Secret Cipher, the Euphonauts. Um, and that came out in 18, didn't it, 2018? Well, that's the the current edition. Um, um, Olaf Phillips, my uh, current publisher, has been kind enough to uh, reissue every single one of my books except one which I begged him not to, to reissue, uh, uh, partly because it uh, was co-authored with someone I'm no longer affiliated with. But um, they're all in print. But the original edition goes back, oh, 20 years. Wow. It's been okay. heavily revised. But uh, you, you won't be seeing anything from Illuminate Press anymore because shortly after the book was published... The publisher died under mysterious circumstances. At least two of the writers in his uh, immediate entourage, uh, you may know of Jim Keith, uh, mm-hmm. he died under mysterious circumstances, very mysterious circumstances. And uh, it, it, there were a number of unexplained deaths, mostly of ufologists, but Jim was... You know, he had one foot in the uh, militia universe and the other foot in ufology. And he did books on both subjects. And he made the mistake of going to Burning Man way back, sprained an ankle, and was dead the next day. From a sprained ankle? That's right. You know, well. Weird. uh, The publisher, Ron Bonds, to whom this new book is dedicated, he uh, went to dinner with his wife at a uh, Mexican restaurant uh, here in Atlanta, and uh, um, took dramatically sick and was dead before morning. Now, oh, the interesting geez. thing is, his wife was eating the same, you know, food, and she didn't get sick, and neither did anyone else in the restaurant. So it was a targeted thing. Furthermore, let's assume, you know, someone gets ill in a restaurant, you assume that it's some kind of food poisoning. Absolutely. That doesn't kill you that quickly. That that was... Uh, you get sick, you throw up, you... Syndrome. Un- unbelievable. You know, the, the same thing that has happened to certain enemies of uh, Mr. Putin that fall out of windows a lot or... Or planes. Planes, or yeah, all all sorts of ways to die that are novel. He seems to have a, a a high repertoire. He must have seen the movie Ivan the Terrible uh, sixteen times and <laughs> absorbed true. the 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 path of the poisoner. But we'll pass on him. It's pretty dark times, and I wanted to inform people everything that I know about the Black Lodge. 
Now, they never call themselves the Black Lodge, of course. They will lie through their teeth. Their interest is actually in uh, enslaving or destroying the human race. You can call them fallen angels. You can call them uh, demons. You can use any terminology you want. They, was this a place, though, Alan, that they would meet at? That's an interesting question that I don't really have an answer for. Um, they are uh, the actual members of the Black Lodge are ascended masters, just like the uh, the secret chiefs. So they are not corporeal beings. They can manifest as corporeal beings if they choose to, but they are. Uh, on a higher vibration, we'll say. Uh, but they're, uh, they're minions, people that uh, they employ or they use or whatever. Uh, they gather here and there, but not in any one fixed location. And they use, and this is part, part of the reason that I wrote the original book, uh, um, Secret Cipher, that... Uh, they use a similar code to the one that uh, that I decoded, expecting it to change, which it hasn't. Um, and uh, um, in using that particular code or cipher, um, I have become aware that it's the the perfect instrument for having uh, great secrecy when you're transmitting information from one. Uh, one person to another. So when they meet, they meet in small groups, and it's usually billed as something else, you know, a convention for uh, people who are interested in angelology or demonology or whatever, and then they disperse. Um, and it's never all of them at once, but they're they're worldwide, and their intention is to either cause a nuclear conflagration, which brings us back to Nostradamus and mm -hmm. others, or uh, to simply enslave the human race in some way, mostly by trickery. Uh, they, they don't come out. And if this sounds like uh, uh, what was being talked about, the Antichrist and so forth, it's certainly of the same milieu, if it's not exactly the same thing. Well, since you bring up the Antichrist, uh, what I have uh, discovered here, and you know about this, is that the Black Lodge of these evil magicians were featured in a book called Moonchild, a 1923 novel by the occultist Aleister Crowley. And in that novel, the Black Lodge was vying for the unborn child that they thought was the Antichrist. How evil can you get? Uh, that's uh, very evil, and that was when I mentioned after World War One they stopped talking about this Moonchild, which is discussed in some detail in uh, uh, Secrets of the Black Lodge revealed. The title we 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 uh, went back and forth over what the title should be, so I keep missing because there's some word missing from it. I say. Uh, you know, it's the book on the Black Lodge by uh, Greenfield and Phillips, and uh, y'all need to buy it because it's it's uh, it's different. It's dark, but it it offers some solutions too. And again, I say knowledge is power. 
and ignorance is uh, not bliss at all. Can you tell us a little bit about the rogue former FBI agent, Wyndham Earl? Do you know much about him? Uh, not too much. I mean, I, I'm familiar with the case, but that's more on Olaf's side of things than mine. We sort of each had our specialty in doing the input for the book. And mine was, uh, predictably enough, the magical stuff, the occult stuff, and the UFO stuff. And uh, it overlaps. I mean, I found definite overlapping, for example, in reexamining the uh, famous, although never before now, uh, well-understood Maury Island case from 1947, which is the first modern case documented anyway that uh, the men in black appear in also a couple of murders. It uh, seems to follow the uh, Black Lodge around. But um, um, so that's something that I talked about in a way that I don't believe anyone else has ever discussed it. And that's because I was privy to certain information about it that I had never had occasion to share before. And I don't try to go negative, but I thought that it was time to, you know, talk about the real consequences of uh, investigation. I did want to say this. My great fear in, in bringing out this book was not for me, and certainly not for the readers, it was for my publisher. Because based on what happened to Ron Bonds and Illuminate Press, which both ceased to exist, at least in, in, you know, in this dimension, so to speak, um, I was concerned about uh, my publisher, and indeed, he had horrendous things, mostly of a very personal nature, happen to him during the course of the year that we wrestled with uh, putting this book together. So uh, it was a, uh, I, I, I don't know, I've never counted, I imagine I have, oh, 12 published books in print, and uh, I've never had this kind of resistance and problems. Uh, before. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Well, he's going to join us in a few minutes, Alan. You're going to stay with us for the rest of the show, of course, but uh, all of yeah, will jo- he'll join us after the break to talk about some of the things that have happened to him. Is this group, the Black Lodge members, is it still in existence? Has it been passed down from father to son, for example? Well, not father to son, but from initiate to initiate. Uh, in other words, it doesn't run in families, uh, biological families, but it does run in a certain level of initiation where one either goes forward, that is, becomes uh, um, a secret chief or goes on to some higher state of being, some other vibration altogether, or because some really don't want to go any higher because it involves, I don't know, ego surrender or whatever. I mean, I'm not at that level, so I can't judge. They choose to stay at the relatively high level that they're at, but to make sure that no one else ascends to that level. You even see that in some of the occult organizations that are hierarchically uh, oriented, which is to say... um, they, uh, they, 
they like to see people in an inferior position, but they resent anyone who might have the ability to surpass them. And they will do anything from distracting or uh, uh, using the various uh, means that they have. Some of them are on the Internet and you would you know, know about them. Some of them are trans-channeled things like uh, Ashtar, uh, which is a, uh, a Babylonian demon. I don't know why anybody would credit, uh, you know, peace and love coming from a Babylonian demon uh, with uh, any, any kind of credibility. But uh, there are a lot of people who follow that. And uh, they have just chosen like I said, the dark side. The only mention after Moonchild that there has been, other than a single article I did, which uh, this was like 20 years ago, it got shouted down by the occult uh, community. We don't talk about that stuff anymore. Um, Was, is, maybe is the right way to put it, David Lynch's uh, Twin Peaks which talks very freely about the Black Lodge, and I am very interested in, uh, he gets a autographed deluxe copy, I, I understand, from the publisher, and I'd be interested in his reaction to this, because clearly he has inside information. He's known as a um, enthusiastic transcendental meditation person, and that's uh, not my deal, but, uh, you know, potentially if you work with uh, any given system, it probably can uh, be very enlightening. Uh, And that being the case, I think that maybe uh, David Lynch will have something to say about this. Certainly a lot of his fans uh, have gravitated towards this book. I knew it would sell well if it ever got out, but I wasn't sure that, you know, uh, yet another publisher would bite the dust or his family or something. And uh, I kind of warned him in advance that that might be the case, but thank God he's still with us, and uh, uh, so are his uh, immediate entourage, and I hope it remains that way. All of will join us in just a few minutes as we'll talk more about this incredible story of this Black Lodge. The websites are all linked up at coasttocoastam.com. The name of the book we're talking about tonight is called Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed. It's an amazing story that's been going on for a long, long time. And it's uh, kind of frightening considering what they can do and what they try to do. But we'll be back in a moment. Olaf Phillips, the publisher of Alan Greenfield, is with us. And we'll be back with him. And Alan will be with us for the rest of the night on Coast to Coast AM. So don't touch your dial. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Alan Greenfield with us, and uh, we're going to introduce you now to Olaf Phillips, who was back with me about nine years ago. He has been interested in the occult, UFOs, strange animal sightings, as well as Alan has. He's a modern-day spiritual alchemist, explorer of the arcane and custodian of esoteric knowledge, publisher of the company that published this book, Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed. He was born under a rare celestial alignment. His destiny was intertwined with the mystical form from the moment of his birth. Olaf, welcome back. How have you been? I've been all right. Thanks for for having me. 
Good. Oh. Uh, Alan seemed to imply that he was worried about your safety with this book. Did anything happen? Oh, a lot of things happened. You know, he warned me uh, when we started to write it. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, I know enough about these things that I can protect myself and my family. And I did. I mean, you know, everybody's okay and we're here, but... No, I mean, it's just like a black cloud that hangs over you. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Give us your perspective, if you can, Olive, on the Black Lodge. What What is it in your words? It's it's a lot like Alan described, you know, if you, if you think in those terms. it's If you think, you have a lot of people on the show that talk about being light workers and, and people sure. who are out there trying to help people. They're They're the antithesis of that. They are the darkness. And, you know, they're, they lurk in the darkness waiting to sabotage things and to um, break things and to do things that are malicious. That's their M.O., that they are the opposite. <laughs> they are the workers in the darkness. <laughs> are they what we would call all of the Illuminati? So that's an interesting question. So. You know, like many people who come to conspiracy research or, you know, fortune stuff in general, there's a consensus of opinion that there's this maniacal group, you know, just negative group out there that kind of controls the world. And I think a lot of times we ascribe it to the Illuminati. And I, I do think the Illuminati exists, that there there is a group that's that's based on the one that goes way back to – to Adam Weishaupt, but I think a lot of times when we talk about the Illuminati, we're actually talking about the Black Lodge because the 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 um, you know the the objective is still the same. It's the it's the oppression and enslavement of humanity. It's about control. You know, a lot of the, the elements that we attribute to the the Illuminati really is part and parcel of the Black Lodge. And where are they all over? Are they all over the country or scattered in a region? Where might they be? Well, it, it's like Alan was saying. that I think a, a better way to explain it is that they function like terrorist cells. So you have this element, right, that, that is up in the, you know, in the ether, like the secret chiefs of a bad, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the, the adepts, the magicians, those black magicians that you talked about from Moonchild that are described, they they – they meet, but they're more like terrorist cells, um, where it's a few of them that meet and and they converse and discuss, and then they they evaporate into the darkness, and then they'll go out and infiltrate larger groups um, that are more well known. Is there a leader of the group? That's the interesting thing: is that there's there's not a leader per se that much. Like the secret chiefs, you know, they the the magicians themselves, they take um, they kind of take instruction from their ascended masters, which are the you know those uh, non corporeal entities that control the Black Lodge. But there's no there's no like person that you could finger and say, okay, that guy's the leader. That doesn't exist. That's what makes them so dangerous, is because they're everywhere. Did you have any questions of publishing this book with Alan, or was this something you just wanted to do? You know, um, that's that's a tricky question. Um, yes, um, he 
he tried to to explain to me the dangers involved and like i said i thought well you know i i think we can handle it mm-hmm. you know and it was i didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was i mean you know people were very close to me got suddenly sick and almost died and i attributed that to the black watch even even coming on the show tonight you know i have a I have a perfectly good internet connection. I have gigabit ethernet, but Zoom just sounds horrible. You know, that's part and parcel of the Black Lodge. But I think the further I got into into writing it, um, the more dangerous it got. And there were times when I really wanted to abandon it. And I guess the best way I can explain it is, the, you know, the secret chiefs and and the universe kind of came down and said, no, you got to write this. It's a story that needs to be told. People need to be warned. Was, was this originally, and I'm talking about in the beginning, part of a Native American tribe group? I think, you know, that that's um, Native American groups have concepts of it as well. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it, the vampire, like the vampire exists in almost every culture. Sure. The notion of, sure. of a vampire. Right. I think the Black Lodge is is much like that, you know, like the skinwalkers. Right. And and some of the other entities that that are talked about, I think, are very much Black Lodge and Native Americans talk about dark shaman where you have the normal shaman. But then you have this kind of like uh, malignant negative shaman as well. And but that also exists, you know, in Scandinavia, the Vikings had a concept of this. You know the the Romans, the Mesopotamians. I mean, every every culture's had a concept of this negative aspect. In fact, um, in um, Messengers of Deception, Jacques Vallee talks about this kind of stuff as well. You know, in the Middle Ages, right? That's true. Let's bring in uh, Alan again. Alan, you with us? I'm sure am. And uh, uh, Olaf is doing a crackerjack job there. Oh, that term probably people don't know what a great job. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't age yourself, Alan. Come on now. Yeah, not to date myself, but uh, you know, I, I think Olaf is understating how much he has been through, and I understand a lot of it is really personal, or you know, family related, whatever. But it's uh, uh, I was quite fearful, but I did give him. I think he would agree. Fair warning that it would be, and I said, you know, uh, seek out the synchronicities that lead to the secret chiefs because that's your best defense. It's really there's nothing that uh, that you can, you know, you, you you may be a survivalist and you may live in a remote location, but your best bet is to be ahead of the game. And no, it, uh, was. it was the, the secret chiefs. And the universe itself, I think, really not only pushed me forward to write the book, but they protected me. And it, I'm not joking when I say that that you know somebody very close to me almost died, and I attribute it very much to the Black Lodge. Under was it under mysterious circumstances, Olaf? Or yeah, yeah, <laughs> very much so. It was like one day you're okay, the next day. You know, we're rushing you to the hospital, and you've got a 50-50 chance of getting out of surgery. Oh, my God. And did the doctors even know what was wrong? Uh, at first, they, they didn't. Um, we figured that, that he was sick for at least a month, and we had no idea. 
and he was actually misdiagnosed with other another issue. And then just one day he fell, and it was like we get him to the emergency room, and they're like, he might die, you know. So it and it was like a systemic thing. It wasn't there's was one you know main culprit that we were able to get taken care of, and now he's doing better. But no, he he went into like a systemic failure, and he you know he's going to be in rehab for weeks and weeks. And Gosh, it's crazy. Get his strength back. Yeah, it's horrible. What do you think is in the book, Olaf, that may be so damaging for them to want to do people in? Well, number one, it's pun it's punishment to me for writing it, right? You know, it's it's pun. I think Alan can attest to this that it's punishment for writing it. But I think what we do in the book is that Alan and I, Alan and I work very hard to expose them. Because how do you make bad things better? You shine a light on it. Right. As a light worker, that's what you're going to do, right? You're going to put light on it and warn people. And I think that we did such a good job of systematically exposing them and what they do and how they do it, how they communicate, you know, what are the rituals that they do, you know, things so people could see and go, I think that guy or that person might be Black Lodge. And trust me, you know, I was walking through a major uh, grocery store because I'm a, I'm a human. I go to the grocery store. I buy broccoli, you know. I had a person walk past me, and you could feel the malice. Like you could feel the You malice. could sense they were watching you? No, they walked right past me and then stopped and, and turned around and, and kind of leered at me. Were they following you? No, but they wanted to make sure I knew they were there. So they just kind of just wanted to make a presence just to let you know we're here whenever we want to be. But that's because I'm exposing them, right? Alan and I expose them, and I think that's very, like, in very detailed terms, we expose them, and I think that's the problem. Are these wealthy people? They're rich and poor. I don't... I don't think, unless Alan disagrees, I wouldn't say that it matters. It's, I mean, if you're rich when you start, you're poor when you finish. I mean, Alan, are they like billionaires? Uh, Some of them have to be. Um, The first person to tell me uh, anything useful about the Black Lodge, he had his own way of dealing with it, but uh, uh, Dick Shaver, Richard Sharp Shaver of the Shaver mystery fame was a... uh, a guy that I knew quite well and uh, didn't always take seriously, but he said, you know, uh, these beings employ humans. I said, what humans are going to work for the dark uh, lodge, black lodge, whatever term he was using at the time. Dero, I think, was his terminology. He said uh, they employ people in the criminal underworld, and that would include, uh, shall we say, oligarchs and uh, mafiosi and people of, of that ilk. They also have a certain number of people who claim to be light workers. And I think Olaf will bear me out on this. That they they do the opposite claim of what they are, but the stuff that they preach or channel or whatever subtly puts people off the track, especially investigators, especially field investigators. 
And uh, I uh, have been a field investigator myself and had one encounter with the Black Lodge that was uh, pretty terrifying, but it's a long story, and I don't know that we've got time for it tonight. But uh, uh, it's, uh, it's something that uh, clearly somebody is bankrolling uh, the humans that work for the Black Lodge, because, as I said, their goal is either the enslavement or the uh, uh, destruction of the human race. They're not interested in doing anything good. So what kind of people would work with them? Well, the same kind of people, maybe the same people that, you know, in the 1930s joined the uh, – uh, silver shirts or the uh, the, the German American Bund, mm-hmm, right? I, I, or the uh, another corollary, the uh, Communist Party USA during the 1950s. I mean, they were never effective. But you wonder, did all their money come from Moscow, or did some of it come from the Black Lodge? Because uh, to be candid about it, the uh, the Black Lodge, as far as I've ever been able to tell don't care about our politics, don't care about our religious views, don't care about anything. What they care about is power for themselves and to set one group of people against another. You might have seen something like that uh, earlier in the day yesterday uh, in the U.S. Congress, so it goes everywhere. And uh, I think that... uh, uh, we need to be vigilant and need to be able to spot these things. I mean, for me, it's fairly easy because I've been dealing with this for a long time. But I could walk out of my door and uh, vanish from the face of the earth. And uh, I don't know how I would go out, but I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's uh, of course, I keep a katana right next to my door in, Good. in a shell casing from uh uh, Do you have any regrets, Alan, in writing the book with Olaf? No, none whatever. First of all, uh, it needed to be written, whether people read it or not. But the first month, it's only been out, what, three weeks, Olaf? Yeah, it just came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the, the, the number of people who have had positive things to say about it uh, and the number of people who have bought it and the number of people who are talking about it. Uh, You can't tell from a month, but I would say we're getting the word out. And, you know, not not to blow my own horn, or Olive's for that matter, because he's my publisher, but uh, uh, it's a good idea to read the Complete Secret Cipher, the Euphonauts, first, and then read the Black Lodge book. It makes... Uh, it's meant as a trilogy, and it took me a long time to, you know, to get to volume three. But Olive went to work, and I went to work, and we argued, and we went back and forth, and we probably missed some proofreading stuff, and uh, uh, there will always be somebody out there who said, you spelled spell wrong. (laughs) Well, that (laughs) happens. And Olive, do you have any regrets publishing the book? No, no, not at all. I mean, I it was a it was a horrific experience at times. It really was. Um, but no, because it had to be done. All right. Well, stay with us. We're going to take a short break and come back and take phone calls with both of you. Alan Greenfield with us. Olive Phillips with us. 
They have written a book called Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed. It's what I would call the unknown group out there, folks, called the Illuminati. They're very wealthy, they're very powerful, and they do whatever they want. We'll be back in a moment on Coast to Coast AM.